Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pacho. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We got a great two hours lined up for you. One of the topics out of the gate, Benny's going to relate to uh, very importantly, and that is conscious parenting, presence instead of perfection. My special guest, Susan Dolce, is joining me for that. But before I jump over to that, Benny, so Benny. Yeah. I did this morning, I, I do these short interviews, right? And I just want to make an announcement. First of all, what I want to say about Washington State is there is such a thing as an independent grocery outlet. And our independent grocery outlets have been instrumental in this state, other states as well. I can only talk to Washington for the moment. Um, instrumental in helping feeding people right now in COVID-19. And so here's here's what I want to just say to everybody. You're going to be able to listen to my to the interview that I did this morning with Leila Kasha, um, absolutely fantastic woman. She's heading the thing up. Groceryoutlet.com is where you can go, but keep this particular thing in mind. What they're doing is making sure that we are keeping all of us aware that individuals and children in particular are starving. I just, it's hard for me to even say this to all of you, but we're going to talk about conscious parenting. And one part of that I know is going to be, how do we keep our, how do we keep our kids safe? So feeding America projects, right? It's one in six. So it's close to, it's like 16%, but one in four kids, that's almost 25% may not have consistent access to adequate food because of COVID-19. Just look around, look around your neighborhood, count, oh, eight kids over there playing. No, maybe they're not playing right now, but eight kids, two of them are not going to have consistent adequate food. So what does that mean? That means that you and I think about ah, breakfast, maybe lunch, maybe dinner. They're not sure if they're going to get food on Monday or food on Tuesday, or food on Wednesday. So please, and take a moment. Washington State, by far, is way ahead of the curve at what we do around this. I mean, I do volunteer work here about when it comes to food banks, but groceryoutlet.com. And, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we are going to talk today about conscious parenting. And one of the things in our conversation with Susan is, there are a lot of things that, you know, some of us may be taking for granted. Food is an essential. It's at the Maslow level. But when you rise up from that, when you're able to provide and you go up to the next level, 
what is it that becomes important as a parent to you and as a parent of a child to a child? Today, that's the conversation with most amazing Susan Dolce, Certified Diamond Process Transformational Life Coach and creator of Goddess Arriving. But more than that, she is the host of her fabulous show, which you'll hear about in a minute. But beyond all of that, she cares. And her work stems from caring, possibilities, and then solutions. Susan, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me back. This is so exciting to be here. And, you know, this, this topic is um, not just about, like you were talking about, um, how important it is to take care of our children and feed them and, and all of those basic needs, but just, I mean, kids in general, like I'm just passionate about, yeah. you know, taking care of, I mean, they're our future, right? We really need to just nurture that in every way that we can. And, you know, part of this that we're going to talk about today uh, as well is, there's a level of listening now that is so important and listening to understand on both sides. And, you know, I find that where I watch parents and children become, let's just say, in the end, could become at odds with each other. It's not like it happens overnight, by the way. But when, <clears throat> but when we get to that point, there's something that creates the great divide. And that's some of the things you're gonna talk about today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, mindful, there's, you know, it's a, it's a big movement right now, conscious parenting. I've got a lot of books on my shelf about conscious <laughs> parenting and, and mindfulness and mindfulness and parenting. And um, it, it's not, being a mindful, conscious parent isn't about um, being a pushover parent. It's about bringing more compassion and more, uh, 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 what's the word I want? Just more compassion and, and deep listening. Yeah, to it's, it's like empathy. It's right. like, it's like uh, okay, I just talked about the food banks, right? For a minute right there. I just talked about that. But underneath that, you know, what was I really trying to say, right? Mm -hmm. What was underneath that? What was I really trying to say? There's something that I said, but there's also some things I didn't say. And so part of that people may or may not understand enough information to have empathy. But when you're a parent, there are things that happen on both sides. Isn't it true? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the, um, you know, kids are like all of us. I, I, I say over and over again, our deepest need as humans, I believe, is to be seen and heard. And just because you're little doesn't mean that you don't have that same need. And so many times as parents, we like, you know, uh, I always joke around, I'm like, are you raising a child or are you nurturing a soul, right? And they, we need to nurture their little souls and they need to know that how they feel and what they feel is okay. And that yeah. they can, they have the opportunity to speak and talk about how they feel instead of, you know, squashing it because they're little and they don't know anything. You know, this is an interesting conversation, Susan. I want to talk a little bit about what are some of the things that you see? Let me just call them this potholes that parents step in kind of out of the gate, maybe initially when a child can first hear and comprehend. What are some of the things? that 
you know, moms or dads say to their kids that just doesn't resonate? Gosh, there's just so many things. I mean, one of the things I, uh, that I think a lot of parents overlook is that, um, I think, you know, you, you know, you're about to have a baby, you know, there's all this joy about, you know, the pregnancy and bringing a new life into the world. And you don't really give a lot of thought as to how you're going to parent or what that really means. <clears throat> and in reality, we all get our parenting skills from our parents, right? That's, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's, that is, that's like, okay, so there are potholes and there are potholes. The good news for me is I had two moms and I got to take the best and the worst of both of those two. Um, but you're right, some things get passed down. I mean, I've been talking about my stepmom for about a couple of years now, but more recently, just talking about what I learned from her. Mm -hmm. uh, I also talked about the fact that that on my 11th birthday, uh, we're going out and buying me a birthday gift. And my mama got caught shoplifting. We ended up in uh, like uh, the uh, jail, uh, right? But, you know, in the end, there are things that we say to our kids that if we could just stop them, let's talk about one thing in particular. It's been like a real bugger for me. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness my stepmom didn't do it a lot. But my dad did it. I mean, I used to throw food at my dad for this. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You, Patricia, Patricia, you should go to secretarial school. You, you should, what, what are you wearing? Your two sisters are dressed up. What do you got on? That's not like you were going to the relatives. You should. Yep. Thank God my stepmama was there because my stepmama would be like, yeah, she, she doesn't want to go to secretary school. She wants to study music. <laughs> she, she's, she gets lessons for the viola. She is not going to secretary. But the should doesn't leave your mind. I mean, think about me thinking about that. Benny, I've never shared that, right, about my dad in secretarial school. See how quickly that came up? Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, we, like, we all carry that into our parenting <laughs> because – you, you and and I can hear. I mean, there are countless times I could hear my mom's voice or my dad's voice in my head, wanting to react to something that my child wants to do or said or talked back or some something, and I had to catch myself and say, "Okay, wait, that's <laughs> not my voice. That's my dad's voice or my mom's voice." And what and how do I really feel? And how do I want to raise my daughters? You know. So um, it if we can keep that in perspective that we always are going to have that parent in our voice. Like I, how many memes have you seen on Facebook where it's like, I didn't, you know, I, all of a sudden I heard my mom's voice coming out when I was like talking to my kid and you're like, wait a minute, when did I become my mom? Like, how did that happen? Right. I know. I, I mean, I react, I did a react, I had a reaction to something the other day about it. And there was somebody that was talking about, Oh my gosh, it was had something to do with COVID, but they were talking about if more people would just change their minds or something like that. And then if she just stopped there, I, I wouldn't have paid attention. But my mom, but a voice from my childhood came in in her next 
sentence. And boy, did I go off on it. So the next sentence was, people are just too lazy, too lazy to get their mind in. I mean, so that was enough for me. And that's one of those things, right? Uh-huh. We are talking to our children like that. I mean, how many times have you heard parents say, oh, you're just a lazy bum or you, you, I, like what? And all of those, I mean, they're the same labels. They're labels, right? And and the, the minute you, it, I, I, I swear, I know parents will say, yes, I, I totally agree with you. The minute we put a label on them, they're going to live up to it. Mm. Yeah. So, what are some of your favorite labels? <laughs> All right, let me rephrase it. Your least favorite labels. My least favorite labels. Um, I definitely the lazy thing. Hmm. That right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of like my dad was. Um, my dad was very uh, not strict, but he didn't praise a lot. You had to do something really miraculous for him to say, "Good job, Susan!" Like that was great. Like I would, you know, I, I remember one time. Uh, it was my senior year in high school, and it was the first time I got straight A's. And oh, let me take that back. I got straight. I got one B plus. There was one B plus, and I was so excited to give him my report card. And he was like, he didn't say anything about the straight A's. Yeah, it was what's the B plus for? Yeah. There so it you was go. sort of like, it, it was, it wasn't like a straight out, Hey, you're lazy, but it was like, well, why weren't you working hard enough? You know, yeah. what, where you failed here, what is that about? Instead of, you know, praising me and, and supporting me and recognizing all the hard work I did to get the other A's. Yeah. But aren't we, are we striving to be the perfect, perfect parent? Is, well, is that the idea that we have this illusion that there's this perfect parent in the sky? What was it like some parent on television? Is that what we're trying to be here? Well, I think, I, I think we all have this uh, vision and I can speak to this even like, you know, as a mom, when, when I was carrying my children of what it's going to be like, what it's going to like to parent them, what it's going to be like to hold them. And, you know, and you have this like idyllic little thing in your head and and it you you've created a mini me right oh they're gonna and they're gonna hold them in your arms and they're gonna be a dancer and they're gonna be whatever vision you have for your kid and 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 then we have them and we birth them and now i'm i'm really super super grateful that social media wasn't around when i was when my kids were little because i would have i would have gone nuts I mean, so many moms are over here comparing themselves oh. to to each other, especially on social media. You know, whose baby's cuter? What picture looks better? Um, oh my God, Pinterest! If Pinterest had been around when I was when my kids were little, I would have felt that I failed at every birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> because there's just this this idyllic vision that's out in media that's just not true. It just yeah. doesn't exist. And all of the things that we think about that being a good parent, um, you know, like, oh, if you put them in front of the screen too long, you know, that's, that's bad, you know. And uh, right now, so many moms and dads are still, they're just trying to get by. Their kids yeah. have been home from school for months. Summer camps aren't open. They love their kids, but they're with them 24-7. And they just are still trying to live up to this, 
you know, how do I keep their time structured and how do I keep things, you know, creative for them? And how do, how, how do I do, how do I, how do I do it? How do I do it? And you can't, you can't do it all. You can't do it all. And if you don't have to do it all, you're still going to be an amazing parent because what your kid really, really wants from you isn't the craft project, isn't the toys, isn't the, you know, like I, the do-it-yourself day camp. They just want you to be present with them. Yeah. I mean, aren't we seeing glimpses of this, though? I mean, what we see on, let's just say, flashing on television are all the happy scenarios Mm -hmm. of parents spending more time with kids. Um, And in in a sense, a lot of that is really true. There's a new level now that is occurring uh, that some people say you're going to need a transition plan when things go back, not to the way they were, but goes back to some resemblance mm-hmm. of what was going on, where, where, where children literally leave the home. Now, two things, though. I think that this is important for us to really talk about the fact, maybe you know a parent like this. I don't know any parent that doesn't go down the road and mess up here and there. Oh, absolutely. How do you can't possibly know it all? No. And you know, you can't, I remember when my mom, my brother is 10 years younger than me, right? And I'm 12 years younger than my sister. My, yeah. I remember the first time I was told to change my brother's diaper. Like, where would I have learned that? Right. And I, and I watched and I, I watched how it was done. And I remember this, like, almost like this was yesterday. It had to take me a good 30 minutes to do this. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because yeah. nobody said to me, it's okay if your brother is like laughing and going like this. You just have to do it. So I'm waiting, <laughs> Susan, I'm waiting for the perfect moment. My brother is like, come on, buddy. You have to, and, and you know, so this is like, you got to pin the diaper. This is old school. My mom was old school in this way. And so like, I'm waiting, I'm like, and I, I'm like 13 or something. I don't remember now, something like that. Maybe, yeah. And so you're waiting for, so you got to be gentle about it, right? Mm-hmm. I could remember this. This could be one of those, uh, what do you call it? Saturday night live skits. <laughs> because I remember so vividly being so proud to take the first diaper off. And as I took it off, imagine me this kid with the bangs. Now I got the diaper. I don't know what to do with the diaper. <laughs> I do not know what to, I got the diaper. Nobody told me to go get the the pail and do So I got the diaper. So here I got the diaper. So my first attempt at my brother was to do it with one hand. So I got the diaper over here and I'm trying to do it. Okay. That didn't work. I finally put the diaper on the floor. That was a mistake. Hardwood floors. But then I'm waiting for my brother to stop laughing. Now, I could go on, but I won't. How old was he when he when you were trying to do this? I, I think I was, let's see, Anthony, had to be like 10 or 11. 
No, no. How old was he? Little teeny baby. Okay, okay. He was like, no, not that teeny. He was maybe, I don't know, like four months, maybe five. Okay. That little. Mm-hmm. But he was a big boy. Um, but I didn't know. Don't worry about him laughing and doing all this and kicking his little legs. Just put the diaper on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And I don't think I'm alone. I mean, I might have been 11, but there aren't always these guidebooks on how to parent. Maybe you got a bunch of books on your shelf, right? I've read I, a bunch I, of books. I do, but none of them tell you how to change a diaper. That's oh. <laughs> you could YouTube that though now. You might be able to YouTube it. But uh, think about it. Yeah. I mean, we take something like that for granted. You're a first, and that's just one, Susan. Yeah of many scenarios. But let's talk for a minute about how do we, as parents or as grandparents, how do we truly know what our children need? It's actually really easy. Uh We just have to ask them. We just have to ask them. I mean, granted, there's a time when they're nonverbal and we can't, you know, and, and I think I think so many, at least the, like, again, we parent based on how we were parented, unless we read books or, you know, make an effort to come up with a new system. But I think so many of the experts, and I especially I can think of like Dr. Spock back when my mom was raising me, the experts have whitewashed the tu- the intuition out of our parenting brain. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And that really when, if you are bonded with your kid, you know, your child better than anybody else does. You know, when they're nonverbal, the difference in their cries. So if you, it really is about trusting your instincts when they're really tiny like that. But when they are verbal, we don't think to ask them. And that's, I mean, that's the, I think so many tantrums and so many meltdowns happen and we're just trying to, you know, we're in the grocery store and the kid's having a meltdown and now we're embarrassed and because it's, it's a, people are looking at us like we're bad parents or wow, you need to get your kid under control. And it has, it has nothing to do. I mean, we're getting freaked out because of people's opinions of us, which have nothing to do with us. And we're trying to manage this child who could be, I always like to say, you know, like the HALT method. Child could be hungry or angry or lonely or tired, but we don't ask Mm. the kid. We just want to manage the situation and get out of the store or stop the tantrum um, because it's a reflection on us as a parent. And we're missing out on, we miss out on so many opportunities to connect with our children and for them to learn, uh, to understand that we're listening and that they can trust us and that they can share and say how they feel. You know, I had something interesting. Can I share this with you? And then when we come back from break, I'd love for you to comment on it. I I was out in the grocery store. I was up at the Safeway. And, you know, when I go out, I've got the full gear. I got the mask. I got the gloves. All right. The whole thing, right? And so I'm out and I'm going up and down the aisle. And I I can't remember which aisle it was, but I remember turning and coming down the aisle. And there was a woman over here and a woman over here with about, I'd say the boy had to be nine, let's just say, about nine. 
neither one of them had masks on, right? And the woman over here clearly was concerned, had the mask on, had a cane, no kidding, right? And so I start to turn that, I almost didn't go down this aisle. I start to turn down the aisle and the woman with the cane is saying to the other woman, why don't you have a mask on? Why doesn't your son have a mask on? You know, aren't you afraid that perhaps without the mask, he or you might get sick? And more importantly, aren't you concerned that you may make somebody else sick? And these two women were going at it. It was like very heated. And I'm watching the boy. And, you know, I'm fixated on the boy because how many, I mean, we're seeing a lot of these fats now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm watching the boy. And they stopped for a moment. And the boy looked up as it looks, looked up at, at his mom and says, you know, it's okay. I'd like to wear a mask. And I just thought, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. What is going to happen now? And so the mom could have went crazy at the kid, right? And simply looked at this woman who really wasn't well, looked at the, this, the, you could tell the kid did not want to make this older woman sick. And she just looked at him and said, yeah, we'll get you a mask. When we come back, what just happened there? What was it that Susan Daltrey is talking about that every day, a lot of times a day, we have an opportunity to really, really hear what children are saying. What if we could hear? What if we really saw them? Stay tuned when we come back. Susan Dolce will walk us through how that's possible. We'll be right back. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, 
and life lessons. Three things I've learned with Susan Dolce. For more information, go to transformationtalkradio.com or visit Susan's website at susandolce.com. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Message Delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit AngelMessages2U.com. That's AngelMessages, the number two, the letter U.com. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. And me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories. Aspire higher. And live a whole lot larger. To help you unleash your powered up. Pumped up. I am soul stretching success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Susan Dolce is in the house. Conscious parenting, presence instead of perfection. We're going to talk about that now, what that looks like. But before we do, Susan, let's tell folks about your show. Let's also tell them about the coaching that you do and how they can find out about all of it. Uh, I love my show. I'm so excited for this opportunity to be on Transformation Talk Radio. The name of the show is Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce. And it's every first and third Tuesday at uh, noon Pacific, three Eastern. And uh, it's, a, it's about interviewing really, really inspiring people and their breakthrough stories. Because I think so many people, when they're you know, going through a crisis or a dark night of the soul, they, everybody always feels like they're alone and nobody, nobody else has been through that. And so it's my hope with the show that people realize that so many people have gone through the same sort of heartbreaks and setbacks and that they're not alone and, and, you know, they can um, get some hope and new perspective from the guests that I have on. Yeah. It's fantastic show, but you know, it's also in the spirit of what you're passionate about, you know, as is this show today. I mean, it also really brings the work that you do together with people full circle I mean, this is really a time where all of us are reaching out to see what we can do to help others. That's what this particular topic today is about. You know, it comes from what we're observing now. And so when, when, when you saw this, you said, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the perfect parent myth and what we can do to move beyond that. You know, when I use that example of that little boy, right? There was a moment that that interaction could have gone in a totally different direction. But let's talk about what this means. That mom in that moment became so present to what her son was asking. It was almost miraculous from where I stood down the other end of the aisle. But that is the key, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so it was that little boy's compassion for the woman with the cane that the mom that moved the mom to say to, to her own compassion, right. And say, yeah, we, we should do that. We should get you a mask. And you know, the, <clears throat> here's the thing about kids in presence that I think gets overlooked. Um, when, when a child is born, that's all they know. They only know how to be present. 
They are this helpless little blob of flesh and all they're looking for is connection and safety and bonding with the parent. But they're not, they don't have the capacity. They don't know there's a past. They don't know there's a future. They're just completely present. Leonard Jacobson, one of my favorite uh, uh, spiritual teachers, has a whole uh, theory. And I, this, this is so true. The first time I heard it, I was like, what? And I was like, wait, oh my God, this is so true. So he says that the first thing our children want from us is our presence. They want and crave us just to be truly engaged and present with them. And when I say present, that doesn't necessarily mean you're just in the same room occupying space with them. That means you have a soul connection with that child. If, if, and here's where it gets really funny or interesting. Oh, I can't use that word. I hate that word. Anyway, here's where it gets very fascinating. If, if a child can't get presents from their parent, the next thing they want is love. Just love me. If you can't be present with me, just love me. And so most parents can provide love. They struggle with presence because they don't know how to be present, right? If a, par- if a parent can't provide love for the child, the next thing the child's going to look for is acceptance. Please just accept me the way I am. If you can't be present with me and you can't love me, just accept me. And if they can't accept them for the way they are, now they're going to say, okay, I'm going to seek out negative attention. And then, and it makes, doesn't that make sense? So now, because they're not, they're, they don't have a present parent. They don't have a loving parent. They're not being accepted. What am I going to do to, I just want you to see me. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be rebellious. I'm going to seek out negative attention. And maybe then you'll pay some attention to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, believe me, I have two other sisters that I grew up with. I have a third sister um, who was older than me. And I will tell you that we were a family that for sure, as three young girls, right, in a uh, blended family, so to speak, um, attention, getting attention, what do I have to do to get attention? I mean, I'm telling you, like my sister joined a gang to get attention. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm seriously, right? Um, at no fault of my parents, because both of them worked like crazy, uh-huh. right? My dad was never there. But my sister is like, yeah, I'm just going to go somewhere else and get attention. No kidding. She, it, it, that's an extreme. Uh, but that's what was available to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the, and you know, you, we can't fault our parents for not being present with us because people don't know how to be present people i mean we live we tend to live in the past or the future you know our minds our chatter is constantly going and in reality uh the future doesn't exist and the past is over so people don't know how to ground themselves in the present moment and granted we can't be in presence 100 percent of the time all day long but we can take moments to, you know, get into our bodies to, I call it shine time. It's uh, uh, breath work, body work, and brow center. And if we take, it, it takes practice. And that's, yeah. and that's the thing. Like I'll, I'll tell all the moms out there that I work with, it's like, this, this is something 
that it's a skill you have to develop because we are not ever taught to be present. Right. Um, and it's not hard to do. We have all, we have so many opportunities in the course of our day to be present. Uh, when my kids were little, um, I saw this interview on Oprah Winfrey and uh-huh. I was trying to find the woman who did the, cause it was a long time ago. Yeah. My kids are all adults, but she was talking about how she made washing dishes a ritual. And I thought, well, gosh, why can't I bring that ritual component to all the things I hate doing? Right. Right. And it worked. It works. It works to like kind of center yourself. Like I, you know, I would wash the, I light the candle, I would wash the dishes, I would get some great smelling soap and just take my time, you know, and feel the suds in my hands and just get really present. Uh, Same thing when I would do the laundry, you know, it was like, I had this little like mantra. It was like, I'm infusing love into the laundry, you know, (laughs) Yeah. put it in consciously, like the conscious um, movement of putting the laundry into the washing machine. We move about our day. We're not even in our bodies half the time. We are in our minds. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about that. Um, When I was growing up, there wasn't a lot out about what you're talking about, but I think my stepmom really disliked doing those chores as much as we did. And what I find interesting is she would always dance or sing. I mean, she literally had the three of us girls singing. Um, and and it, it's interesting how that is so much a part of my life today. I just thought about it. You know, I just thought about how music, has become such a large part of my life. And, and it's a big part of the show. You'll notice Benny during the breaks, you know, he will pick out a, a tune that absolutely matches um, what we're talking about. But you see, these rituals, this level of consciousness, this, this idea of creating ritual, it is so important and is so essential, isn't it, Susan? And how a family can connect in a in a way, let's just call it easy, in an easy way. I think so we forget <clears throat> that they're watching us. <laughs> they watch everything we do. And that's just like, and like I said in the beginning, where we parent based on how we were parented, you know, that's the skill set we have, we inherited from our parents, unless we want to change it. So when they watch us, you know, bring, you know, joy to cooking the meal or dancing or playing music while you're doing the dishes and just now we are teaching them a new way to do it and a new way to connect. So I, you know, I, I think it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish they weren't watching us all the time, but especially when they're little, they are, they don't miss a thing. And yeah, kids are, isn't it the way we learn isn't vicarious learning one of the fastest ways, quickest ways for us to learn. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, when I think about that and I think about for myself um, and I drive Jessica crazy because I, I always say to her, you know, look, just show me one time. Right. You know, even though you've given me a page of instructions, just please just show me once. Um, 
what do you think, Susan, if I could put you on a limb and then when we come back, talk about it? What are our kids learning today? What are they, what do you think their observations might be as we are in one of the most, how should I say it, unanticipated time of our lives? Maybe, I'm not going to say ever because we've had other things that have happened around the world, but I wonder what they might be observing and what can we do to help them observe something that will help shape an amazing future. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back, everybody. Susan Dolce is in the house. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Hi, everyone. I'm the host of Nothing But Now, Mindful Living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on Transformation Talk Radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Have you ever heard of the 90-10 rule? It goes like this. 90% of the time, no one is thinking of you. 90% of the time, everyone's thinking about themselves. And if you think of it like that, it takes the weight off because now you're not being judged. I'm Megan Edge. I'd love for you to join me on Playing on the Edge Radio, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Radio FM. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the God consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. 
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, Susan Dolce is joining me here today. Conscious, parent, conscious Parenting, Presence Instead of Perfection with my very special guest. Susan, um, one more time, tell folks how they can find out more about you, how they can work with you, all of the above. Uh, my coaching website is susandolce.com. And uh, I offer a free 30-minute clarity session uh, to find out if, you know, we can, we're a good fit for each other and if I can help you work on your stuff. Awesome. And radio show? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Three things I've learned with Susan Dolce on Transformation Talk Radio. Awesome. Um, look, before the break, I, um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't stop for a moment and, and ask you the question, what are our kids kids observing? Because we, we talked about this before, you know, vicarious learning, right? I mean, mm -hmm. anybody that was in the grocery store with me in that moment, watching that, that young boy and his response, all of us learned something right there from, from him and the parent and the other woman as well. Um, but what are, what are our children observing now? What is your sense of it? I think this is sort of a, a just a real miraculous moment in time. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, based on this reflection, um, when I was a kid, um, my dad was pretty racist. And he didn't think twice about tossing around the N-word. It was pretty prevalent in my house. Mm -hmm. And I grew up not understanding why he was so angry or offended or what the problem was with, you know, people's skin color. I went to a school that was pretty diverse. I grew up on the north side of Chicago and um, you know, there were all, we had all sorts in my school. So I was, mm -hmm. you know, in, in it and not afraid of it or anything. Um, but so growing up, I knew I didn't want to be racist. I didn't want to be my dad's type of racism. And I think so many people right now are saying, well, I'm not a racist. I'm not racist because I'm not that. I'm not, I, I'm not that version of my dad. I thought really hard to not be that version of racist. And so when this all started happening, um, I really had to pause and say, I can't say that I'm not a racist mm -hmm. because there is a whole level of white privilege that I am still learning about. You know, I've understood like the, you know, I know I'm not gonna be followed around in a store and I know I can get a Band-Aid and a bra in my skin color and all the really sort of obvious ways, but there are so many subtle ways that I was not even aware of. Yeah. And so with the advent of, you know, Black Lives Matter, I've just said, I have nothing, I'm, I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm reading and I have nothing to say right now because I am learning. You know, I, uh, it's, I think there are so many people, like I said, that just get super offended when they think they carry around any sort of racism but it's just so much more subtle and we don't realize it. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I really discovered about myself, um, you know, there, 
to think that there's not more to learn or to think there's new, there, in my case, to think there's not more to do. And it doesn't matter where I grew up. I mean, it doesn't matter if I grew up in a project and, you know, didn't have the same reaction that a lot of people have when they interact with people of color or, uh, you know, people from communities across the globe, period. Um, I don't have that same reaction, but that does, does that make me not a racist? You know, and, you know, there is a different level of learning that we have to have now about ourselves. See, this is what we're being called to do. And we have to do it in order for us to explore that with our children. Exactly. And, 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 you know, even on a more broad level than that, just going over uh, history and realizing everything that I learned in school has a, there's always two sides to every story, right? Yeah. And, you know, like they always say, usually the winners get their version of history put in the history book. And so that's what I learned. And I thought that was, that was history. That's right. And it's not, there are two sides and we have to, it's going to be so important going forward, not to just, you know, talk about uh, racism, but to actually teach anti-racism and to, you know, show all of the other sides of history. And I think that what we've seen this go around, I'm going to call it this go around because I have, um, I've been on the planet for a while and I've been part of a lot of different movements, you know, stemming way, way back to, you know, the ending the Vietnam War to the original or one of the first marches for freedom. Uh, But this one, my sense is, as I look back, this is different. Um, This 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 is different. This is we're seeing the results of generational how should I say it, learning where people of all ages, but especially the people that we have given a label to mm-hmm. as not having compassion and not having empathy, I think that is going to be old news now mm-hmm. because they have done something that is so unprecedented and so literally shocked the world by, and this is happening all over the world. You know, when you can focus on a protest where one clip, you're looking at a a child, right, in the protest with the mom, and the next one, a 75-year-old man that is knocked down by a Mm -hmm. police officer, that is what we're seeing today that is a different landscape of how important this has become to humanity, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there is, you know, my, my father-in-law's retired cop. There are good cops. There are bad cops. There are good soldiers. There are bad soldiers, you know, there. Oh yeah. And so I think, I think it's more important than we, that we stay open to learning then instead of stake, putting our stake in the ground of, you know, well, you know, blue lives matter too, and all lives matter. And it's not about that. It's not about protecting your, your label. <laughs> yeah. It's about learning 
and being open to all of the the uh, not uh, not untruths. Well, I mean, yeah, I agree truth. with you. Yeah, because look, I come from that family too. Uncle, aunt, police people. My uncle was the chief of police. And so, you know, I get to have these interactions like with family people, right? Right. But to say an entire group, see, this this is a different version of what we're talking about. And this is this is sort of where I think is a good place to leave folks with. Anytime we stereotype a group of people, it is an untruth out of the gate. Absolutely. Anytime we stereotype. The only type of stereotyping that I've ever seen really work was in profile sociopathic and psychopathic behavior, maybe. But still, when we put people into a group and we give them a categoric example of what we think their value to society is, we're missing an opportunity. And you know, our kids get this. They get some police are good, some police are not good, and they already have their category. What they're really saying is, look, some people uphold the law, some people don't. Some people get caught, they're called criminals. Some people don't. I think kids get this, and we have a lot to learn from our children today, I think. What do you think? Our kids are our greatest teachers. You know, every relationship comes with a lesson. I don't care if it's a a parent, a husband, a wife, a sibling, every relationship comes with a lesson and your children are here to teach you lessons too. Okay. Yep. So let's just throw this expression out the door. You can't teach old dogs new tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get rid of that one. Susan, thank you so much for today. Last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? You know, being a mindful parent, like I, I was starting to say, isn't doesn't mean you're a pushover parent. It just means that you have more compassion with your children, that you are present. They just want to be seen and they just want to be heard. I like it. I like it. To take a quote from the movie Avatar, I see you. Thanks, Dr. Pat. Thanks, Susan. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. 